before we get further into this episode, I just wanted to mention download anchor.fm. It is the easiest way to make podcasts. And let me explain because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you and uh, can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more, even Google Podcasts. So, uh, yeah, it, it's so simple, that, and this is what I use and uh, am able to make episodes, and it's it's great. And uh, it uh, also allows you to to make money off your podcast by adding uh, sponsorships. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can get everything done in one place, and you can get that done at Anchor.fm. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It's so easy, even a chud can do it. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. What is up, guys? This is the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. And today we're going to be talking about the 1990 film Cat in the Brain. Or it's also known as Nightmare Concert. And a couple Italian uh, names that I I can't really pronounce, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, Cat in the Brain um, is uh, known in the UK... And uh, the USA is also known as Cat in the Brain, or A Cat in the Brain, or Nightmare Concert. Um, This is a Lucio Fulci film, and it's one of his last films before he passes away. And um, I didn't really know what to expect going into this movie. This is my first time watching, and... uh, I know that there is an Anchor Bay clam of this film on VHS, and I've got several of his Anchor Bay clam films that's that's in the uh, the series, the collection series. But uh, I don't own that one, so I had to resort to a uh, pretty good rip on YouTube. So uh, if you guys would like to check that out before um, diving into this episode. Definitely, definitely check it out. Um, it's not his greatest film, and uh, um, due to, I mean, I don't know. And this is all opinion based, so I mean, like you know, I I give it a solid three out of five. Um, I thought it was a really cool um, way to uh, to uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for. Um, do something different than what he's used to. I mean, it, it's still um, a Fulci film, and you can definitely tell it's a Fulci film, but uh, he he went the meta slasher route on this one, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, meta slashers before Scream. So it was really cool to see him pull something like that off before Wes Craven 
did his Scream series and that, you know, that kind of reinvigorated the 90s as far as uh, the slasher genre went. So yeah, this is this is really cool. Um, you get to, you get to see Fulci act himself in the movie, and that's that's where the the meta part comes into play because he's playing himself in this movie, and uh, he is uh, having a lot of flashbacks of like the stuff that he's done in previous films, and uh, it ends up being that. Uh, Someone is uh, imitating the murders that have been portrayed in some of his films, and uh, he's he's contemplating to himself if he's going crazy or not, or you know if he's normal or not, and uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's definitely uh, <laughs> it's definitely something. So this this was released in uh Italy on August 8th of 1990 and uh the budget was about around 100,000 American dollars. So it's it's not a big budget film and um I'd like to know how much they made off this movie because they take so many scenes from some of his other films. <clears throat> which I'll have to name them, name them off because there's a few that I haven't actually watched. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems like kind of like a cut-and-paste movie, but then, like, the, the, uh, the more detailed spots would be newer stuff as far as, like, filming himself and, you know, like, the scenes of himself and, and whatnot. But then, like, the flashback scenes are a lot of the uh scenes from different films uh um let's see what else i'm trying to think of uh some of the other stuff to talk about before we go into detail on the movie itself but um <clears throat> i guess uh the german video version of this was cut down to 67 minutes and it still got a not under 18 rating and uh let's see the final like actual release of this movie i think it was like a hundred and or uh not a hundred but uh it's like an hour and 33 minutes long and uh yeah i mean you know it, it sucks that it's it was kind of like a copy and paste type movie but i really liked the whole meta aspect of this film i think it was definitely ahead of its time you know like you know Wes Craven kind of took the same approach in a different way and uh and it was very successful for him so I thought that was uh you know I, I really liked that part of the movie um um just trying to think of uh some other things about this movie real quick. Um, I guess like the original script was only like 49 pages long and it contained no dialogue. And uh, it pretty much just was descriptions of like the bodily mutilations and the imagery and sound effects. Like pretty much everything 
besides the dialogue. And uh, so that, that's kind of interesting. And uh, I guess uh, Fulci was lacking confidence in his acting skills to where uh, he decided not to use his own voice even on the Italian version. So uh, his lines were dubbed by Elio Zamudo. Sorry if I butcher your name, buddy. But, uh, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, so he had uh, someone else dub the voice for him. And I'll say, like, I thought Fulci was a decent actor. I mean, just uh, the body dialogue, like, or body language, and uh, just the way that he went about his acting throughout the movie. I mean, I thought he did a good job, so I don't know why he felt like... Um, maybe he just didn't like hearing his own voice on uh, camera. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I thought he did a pretty good job, so I don't know why he felt like he wasn't confident enough. Um, yeah, so... Uh, um, the, uh, I guess, like, I'll talk about some of the scenes that I enjoyed <laughs> like uh I don't know about enjoy but it's worth mentioning uh like the, the beginning scene where uh you see like this fake puppet cat's paws are just like mutilating this brain and uh and it's eating this brain so it's just I don't know I guess supposed to give you the uh impression of like the movie title, Cat in the Brain. So this cat is eating away at the brain, and it's pretty much insinuating that uh, that uh, it, this is Fulci's mind, and that uh, he knows that he's not normal being a, a filmmaker of uh, grotesque uh, altitudes. I'll say like. His films uh, are not really for the faint of heart. Like he's got some pretty gruesome uh, scenes in his movies, so I guess one could say that maybe he's not normal, you know, like a normal a guy. And uh, so I think that's kind of where this whole cat in the brain idea is coming from, because later on in the movie he ta he talks about uh, that his mind is is unstable it's almost like he has a cat in the in his brain and uh so i think that you know the beginning is like insinuating that uh he's got a cat in his brain and uh it's you know not functioning like what a, a normal person would would think cuz he's he makes some grotesque movies <laughs> so uh yeah I mean, this and this is all, like, opinion-based, like, you know, I keep saying that, but, so, I mean, you know, if it's not something that you like, I mean, you know, it's it's your opinion. If if, if I'm saying something that isn't uh, something that you like, then, you know, you know, take it as it is, it is what it is, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, skip the next episode if you aren't like it. <laughs> If you're not liking this content, but, uh, um, 
some of the, some of the edited footage that uh, that plays out in this movie has been taken from several of his other movies, including Bloody Psycho, um, Hansel and Gretel from 1990. Uh, I, I can't speak Italian. I'm sorry. Uh, Tadoma's Ghost. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm just I'm reading the uh, Italian cover of or title of that. I'm pretty sure it's Sodoma's Ghost and uh, Massacre. Is that what it's called? Massacre. I mean, that's the English version of it. I thought it was called something else. Uh, I, I'm just gonna go with Massacre. Uh, for some reason that doesn't sound right to me, but oh well. Uh, yeah, so yeah, about six of his other movies, he's kind of snip clipped uh, clips from that to put into this movie, and that and that kind of plays as part of like how do you like his, like day spells, where like he'll he'll be walking around like normal and then he'll look at something and something will trigger in his mind to make it look like uh something that that had happened in some of his other movies so then you get sort of like these flashback scenes and it'll play the scenes from uh some of these other films and it'll play out and then uh either someone will snap him out of it or you know he kind of shakes out of these dreams dreamlike states and uh yeah <laughs> yeah this this is uh uh title is kind of like a a play on words with uh Dr. Seuss's cat in the hat i mean i guess you can see the similarity like a cat in the brain the cat in the hat i don't know i i, I don't know i think it's kind of a weak play of words but uh okay i'll go with it um, let's see I'm just kind of rambling on a few of these uh, little facts oh I did I did think this is kind of interesting uh, so this movie has been referenced in other movies and uh, some of them are not really well known like some of them like are documentaries and stuff but I thought it was kind of interesting that uh there's a there's a VHS that's visible in the background in this movie called Frankenstein 2000, and that was made 1991. So I, I kind of want to check that one out and just see what that's all about. I mean, I think it's interesting that the that uh, the Cat in the Brain VHS is just sitting in the background somewhere in that movie. So it's intrigued me enough to check it out. And I like goofy old horror movies, if you can't tell. So. I'm all for it, man. <laughs> I'm all for checking out some some of the not so great horror stuff. Uh, I just like all kinds of movies in general, especially like with the, within the horror genre. So, if you haven't already, t you know, <laughs> if you can't already tell, but uh, yeah, um, I was gonna talk about before I got kind of tranced into this. Uh, I was going to talk about maybe a couple of the 
films that I've seen lately that I thought were pretty good. Um, I got Shudder. It's a monthly uh, horror streaming service, kind of like the Netflix of horror, if you may. And uh, it's only like five ninety nine a month, which I think is really cheap. Like that's almost the equivalent of like, say, rent two movies, and they're like three bucks a piece. I mean, you know, and then you get tons of content. So I think that's it's pretty pretty good deal. So check that out if you haven't already if you haven't already had the chance to. But I watched several movies on Shudder, and uh, I was really impressed with uh, Necrotronic. It's a newer film, and it's from like the I don't know if it's the creators or the the guys who worked on the Wormwood movie from uh, Australia. So it's jam packed full of like blood and gore and stuff like that. But uh, I thought it was really well made, and uh, I mean they do use CGI, but I I, I don't know. I, I thought it was still pretty good. So if if you're into the newer horror stuff, I'm not going to go too deep in these. I'm just going to kind of ramble on like some of the newer movies that I thought were pretty good. So yeah, I would definitely check that out. And uh I watched The Tigers Are Not Afraid film and it was okay. I I thought it's it's worth a watch once maybe. <laughs> uh I it I don't know. I mean, I I can see why people are praising it and and whatnot, but it, it didn't really draw me in. Like, it, there was maybe just, I don't even know, man, like seven minutes worth of horror, and then the rest was just, like, drama-type stuff. So, uh, I don't know if I would consider it a horror movie. It was more like a crime drama-type fantasy kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, but that's on there. I mean, it's worth a watch. I wouldn't... I wouldn't really consider it a horror movie. And then, let's see. What else did I watch? Vi. I think that's how I pronounce it. V-I-Y. And it was the uh, first horror movie uh, production in uh, the Soviet Union. Or, like, produced in the Soviet Union. And, uh, I mean... (sighs) It was it was pretty slow, but once once it got to the scenes where uh, he's uh, or the philosopher is trapped in uh, this chapel with the witch, and he has to stay in there for three nights, I thought when it got to those parts, I thought it was really interesting and uh, really entertaining, especially on night three, that shit got bonkers. <laughs> so. Uh, I would definitely watch that movie just for that scene alone. Like, that just was so fucking crazy to me. Like, just, you know, just thinking, like, man, how did how did they think up this shit back in the 60s? Like, just, it is crazy, man. But, uh, yeah, check that out. And that's also on Shudder. And uh, then I watched this movie called Trauma in, from 2017. And that's uh, a Chilean horror film in, holy shit, like, right off the bat, like, I'm not going to get too (laughs) much into that film because uh, um, I plan on talking to one of the actresses and uh, having, like, a little interview with her and uh, talking about that film in particular and then uh, a few other 
stuff. So I'm looking forward to having the interview with her. I think that'd be really cool. But uh, oh man, that movie is rough. Like it's it's worse than Hostel, and uh, it's kind of like a, a rape revenge movie. But uh, it it gets really fucked up. <laughs> it uh it uh yeah. Well, I'll get more into that film later like down the line in another episode but uh, if you're looking for some extreme horror check that out you can check that on youtube you might have to rent it you can either rent or or purchase it on youtube and i think it i think it is on uh amazon prime if you have that so if you're looking for some extreme stuff check that out and oh let's see I mean, I've watched some other stuff. Um, Funbox Monster Podcast uh, did an episode on Hide and Go Shriek, and I had never seen that before. So I watched it just so I could listen to their episode, and <clears throat> that was surprisingly pretty good for uh, for an '80s like hidden gem slasher. I thought that was that was pretty pretty sweet. So uh, go go check. I you know I uh, encourage. You ought to go check out that movie too. I mean, it's 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 pretty well done, I thought for for what it is. And uh, go check out the Fun Box Monster podcast as well. They got a lot of great content on on their uh, their page. So yeah, check them check them out. Um, I suppose we'll kind of get more into uh, Cat in the Brain. Like I said, this is a Fulci film. It's like an hour and a half movie. It's one of his last films. And, uh... And, uh... <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, get to where I need to be. Um... Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. So, like I said, he he plays himself, and uh, he's a a former medical doctor turned director of the gore horror horror films that we all know. And uh, he is wrapping up shooting for a day in his latest film, Touch of Death, with Brett Halsey who is uh, playing the human monster and uh, cannibal of women. And uh, and this is like one of those scenes where it's kind of cut and paste from Touch of Death. But uh, then uh, he leaves the studio to go to a local restaurant down the street. And uh, he's sitting there waiting for the waiter. And uh, the waiter recognizes him and uh, kind of suggests like ordering uh, a meal for him that he usually gets and he brings out like filet of steak or steak tatar and uh Fulci can't look at the sample plates of meat without having flashbacks from the cannibalistic scene that he'd been filming earlier and this is kind of what starts the whole uh, flashback scenarios where he 
you know, he, he runs into stuff in this movie and it just reminds him of some of the stuff that he's shot in film. And it's just kind of leaving him unsettled. And uh, so he leaves the restaurant without even ordering anything. He's like, man, I can't fucking eat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, I'll say before this happens, like with the credit music, Oh, which Fabio Frizzi does the uh, composing of this film. And uh, typical Frizzi, it's fucking awesome. Uh, I really dig the soundtrack to this movie. And uh, while that's going on, that's where you see, like, the cat picking at the brain. And he's, like, eating the brain and stuff like that during the the title credits. So, kind of jumping back to where we're at. (laughs) Sorry if I'm all over the place here. I'll try not to be all over the place, but uh, no guarantees. So then uh, the following day, he's uh, he's checking on the effects shot for the, another movie. And uh, he pretty much, like, snaps at uh, the guy who's who's getting all these eyeballs ready for him. He's got, like, a... Uh, the dude's got, like, a plate full of, like, these animal eyeballs. And... Uh, to get ready for this uh, next shot in this film where uh, they're like gouging out uh, somebody's eyeball and so they, they got a bunch of eyeballs and apparently they're actual animal eyeballs and uh, Fulci's just kind of disgusted or he just like snaps and uh, kind of like knocks the plate out of the guy's hand he's like get this out of my sight like he, he just doesn't want to see it so then from there we go to uh he returns to his home and uh it's it's a pretty nice house in the the suburb of Rome and uh he's having a hard time sleeping when he gets back and but he hears uh the noise of a handyman's chainsaw outside and that keeps him awake and this is kind of where he gets flashback from like another scene where uh a chainsaw is chopping off like some lady's head <laughs> and uh um so he gets he gets mad about it and he storms outside and he smashes a hatchet into uh some cans of paint that uh is and all the cans of paint are filled with red paint and uh and once you know, once he's smashing the the paint paint cans with his axe, the blood the red uh, paint reminds him of uh, the acid blood scene from the Beyond, and so that's where we get a little bit of music from the Beyond, and it's you know just we get we get that kind of flashback where it's and then uh, so Fulci walks a few yards from his home and discovers that one of his neighbors is a psychiatrist. So, um, the professor, I can't pronounce his name, Egon Schwarz, sorry if I mispronounce that, but, uh, he's arguing with his wife, Katia, and, uh, there's a, there's a a bit of routine, and, uh, it's being interrupted by an intercom buzzing where his secretary nurse, Lily, is informing him of his latest walk-in in in which happens to be Fulci 
So a uh, professor walks in and accepts immediately, phones a friend saying, guess who just walked in as a patient? And uh, then he discusses uh, Fulci's recent problems. And, uh, and you know, Fulci's just kind of letting him know what's bothering him and, uh, and uh, you know, doing like what, what you do at a psychiatrist's office. So then uh, the professor suggests that he's uh, breaking down the barrier of uh, the boundary between what what you film and what's real. So this is where we get a first first uh, look at uh, the Fulci's going through some some problems and uh, he's trying to figure out what's real and uh, what what he films. You know, because what he films is not real, but he's just having a hard time dealing with it. So, uh, so then it goes to the next day, and uh, Fulci's producer, Filippo, tells him that the pace has not, has, or has to be st- stepped up on filming. And uh, Fulci is revealed to making two films at the same time, The Touch of Death and Ghosts of Sodom. That's what it is. I thought he did Saddam as Ghost. That, that might be the different one. Or the other one. But anyways, like Ghost of Sodom. Uh, the, un- the young actor playing the Nazi seducer is uh, later in the film. And uh, he's he approaches Fulci in a corridor to discuss his role. And, uh, and uh, he says, your presence should be made a deadly impression, says Fulci. You are, after all, a symbol of through the seduction scene. Or, uh, oh my god, you're after all a symbol of death and youth. Also, the whole horror of Nazis get me. So, uh, he's pretty much talking through, uh, what this guy should do in this acting scene. And, uh, then he kind of talks, uh, to these other actors through the scene of, uh, in Ghosts of Sodom. When the filming is done, Fulci staggers out into the corridor muttering, Sadism, Nazism, is there any point anymore? But, uh, throughout throughout the whole scene, though, he's, like, kind of talking them through. He's like, yeah, get in there. You know, it is. It was almost kind of creepy in a way. But, I mean, that that must be how they they get him to, to do what they want in these scenes. But, uh. Um, so once Fulci leaves the set, uh, his producer steers him into the studio for an interview with a Munich news crew. And, uh, the, the the sight of the tall blonde German lady reporter's long legs triggers a vision of sexual abandon from, uh, the film Ghosts of Sodom. So then that kind of triggers like a flashback and, uh. Then when he recovers from his vision, he finds himself outside again with his producer saying, Lucio, you must stop. Stop in the name of God. Filippo informs the confused director that he has just run amok, smashing the TV crew's camera, and tried to rip the interviewer's clothes off. (laughs) So not only is he having visions, but he's kind of like, 
almost as if like he's living the scenes and he's acting upon uh what what he had filmed so that that makes it towards it's it's a, a bigger problem than than just having visions um the the psychiatric professor calls Fulci for another consultation after he had watched all his films he uses uh he suggests using hypnosis um once Fulci is under the professor's true colors or once he's under the the professor's true colors are revealed to us which is on a buzzer device and describes a mad scheme you'll do everything i tell you when you hear this sound your mind will make you live scenes you think are real and you will slowly be possessed by madness you'll think you've committed terrible crimes and uh, the professor also intends to transmit his thoughts to Fulci, although how is never quite explained. Um, so we learn that uh, the professor or the psychiatrist is not really a good guy. Because um, after he watches Fulci's films, he kind of gets... I don't know, explores his uh, darker sides to life. And uh, so uh, once this, this session is over with, Fulci leaves, unable to remember anything. And uh, the professor then embarks on a killing spree. And he starts, uh, he starts murdering with uh, a local prostitute that, that uh, is... About to get it on with this guy who uh, is paying her to sleep with him. And uh, they're like in the middle of the woods in the dark. In in the guy's car. and uh, But that's that's when the, the professor starts killing. And uh, it's there's no red herrings or anything like that. Because, I mean, the killer's face is never covered. I mean, it's clearly... You, you can clearly see that it's the psychiatric doctor killing people. So, I mean, it would have been cool if they might have disguised him a little bit. I think we'll kill her, but uh, no, it, it's never disguised. So, you, you can clearly see him. Um, so, he, he, uh, he kills both of them, the prostitute and the, uh, the guy who, who paid her. And, uh, um, then he rushes away and then, uh, his car breaks down and it's like in the root of like where the, where their film location is. So when he arrived, <clears throat> when he arrives at the cemetery, excuse me, <clears throat> where, uh, they're, they're shooting a uh, nighttime Gothic scene, he finds that, uh, his assistant director, Filippo, his producer, had started filming without him. Um, hold on, I'm trying to think here. I, I missed something. Well, okay, this is... So, uh, the professor goes on a killing spree, then he kind of flees off. And Fulci arrives to uh, the scene after the police had showed up in... Uh, and this is where Fulci thought that he committed the murders, but it, it wasn't. 
So then this is where um, where he, you know, goes back to where he arrives at the, the, the part where the cemetery is that they're filming. And then that's where he finds that his assistant director, Filippo, had started filming without him. All right. So <laughs> sorry about that. Um, then uh, the next we get back home and uh, or he gets back home. Jeez. Uh, and he's trying to relax and stuff, but, uh, he just, he seems to just be overwhelmed with, uh, the memories and visions of the violence from his movies. So he ends up fleeing the house and he goes for a drive. Then that's where, uh, Schwarz, the, uh, professor is following him and he commits three more murders. Um, um, and then this is where uh, the first is a couple in a remote boat house and then the groundskeeper who witnesses him um, kill the ones in the boat house he ends up offing her or him and then uh, Fulci arrives on the scene forcing, uh, or forcing the professor to hide and then Fulci thinks that he commits so each time he shows up to these spots, he's he's thinking that he's the one murdered, which it's not the case. It's it's a psychiatric doctor, and uh, so he gets back into the car and he drives down a long country road, and Fulci's hallucinating about running over uh, a dude, which is a scene from the movie Touch of Death, and. Uh, and, uh, and it plays out the whole scene just like uh, how it was in Touch of Death. And he runs him over multiple times. And uh, and it shows it in pretty gory detail. But uh, he's running him over multiple times, like backing up, driving over him, backing up, driving over him multiple times. And uh, then it come to find out when he kind of snaps out of that trance that it was just like some kind of dummy, like a prop dummy. So he... He actually didn't kill anybody. But even though that scene, it really made made you think that, holy shit, did he really just kill that guy? But no, it, it was uh, a dummy. And uh, so he ends up going home after that. And, uh, and uh, he calls a police station to speak to his friend, Inspector Gabrielli. And uh, and he's intending to make a quote-unquote confession. But uh, but then he learns that Gabrielli is on vacation. So he doesn't try to talk to anybody else. So uh, after another visit to the professor, the psychiatric professor's office, and he's asking for uh, a little help to cure him of his waking nightmares. Uh, Fulci d- dis- decides to drive over to the inspector Gabrielli's house in hopes of speaking to him. And uh, the professor is following him there with the buzzer device. And uh, Fulci lets himself into his friend's house and immediately suffers from visions of Gabriel's family being stabbed, chainsawed, and decapitated. And uh, Fulci staggers. 
outside to be greeted by the returning policeman who reassures uh, Fulci that his family are safely on holiday in Saradinia. Sardinia? I think that's how you pronounce it. When Fulci uh, expresses his visions to Gabrielli that uh, he may have killed some people, uh, the cheerful police detective's response was, if you're trying to create a sensation like you do in your films, this time you've goofed. So he's not buying it at all that that he's killing people. Um, Meanwhile, uh, the professor... uh, can't stand any more of his wife's like it's like uh and you know if you watch the movie you'll see like his wife really doesn't want anything to do with the professor you just or she just kind of blows him off and stuff so he's kind of at this point he's kind of had enough of her and uh and uh so she goes up to the piano and uh you know, uh, like she she can't really stand his piano playing or whatever apparently because he was playing, and then all of a sudden he's gone. She comes down and uh, you know just kind of says how she can't stand it, and then she kind of hits the piano keys a little bit and then notices one of the strings is missing. Whenever she hits a note, there's no sound, so she ends up opening up the uh, piano case and it reveals that there is no string there at all. And by the time that she sees that, he, uh, he meaning the psychiatrist, starts strangling her with the piano wire and uh, is, like, strangling her to death and uh, is actually, like, cutting her neck. And uh, it, it, it ends up decapitating her. Like, that's how, that's how far he went with that. <laughs> and, uh... So after that, he heads out of there, and uh, and he's trying to catch up with Fulci, and uh, and he Fulci ends up being under uh, hypnosis again, and uh, suffers through one more blast of violent imagery, and then faints in the middle of a field. And then uh, he comes around the next morning to discover a cat is digging up some loosely buried remains of another. Uh, 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 doctor, whatever his name is, Suarez, victims. So uh, he goes over to the cat and he starts kind of scraping up the soil where the cat was digging at. And uh, then he, it, uh, you know, he finds out that it's it's a buried body. And uh, all of a sudden. Uh, the inspector Gabrielli appears behind him, and uh, before Fulci can protest his innocence, Gabrielli informs him that uh, Schwartz has been shot dead by his men who were tailing Fulci, which he ordered after their conversation per, uh, the previous day, who caught the mad psychiatrist in the act. Um, so that's kind of. That that's kind of how uh, the ending act is. I mean, it's kind of kind of sudden, but uh, I mean, you know, they had to figure out some way to to end the movie. As far as all right, we you know, 
we knew it wasn't you, Fulci. Um, we were following you, and we ended up catching on to Schwarz, and uh, now he's out of the picture. He's dead. And then, uh, so several months later go by, and uh, Fulci is with this beautiful sailboat, and uh, they're uh, it, it doesn't play out this this way, but they're they're filming a movie uh, per perversion, pre yeah preversion, preversion or pervert eh, no it's not perversion it's preversion, and it's supposed to be named his first thriller movie, and uh, the preversion is written on the side of the boat. And it doesn't play out like it's like they're filming a movie. It uh, it, it plays out like like he took the one guy's advice to uh, find himself a you know, like a young attractive lady and just, and so it, it it plays out like okay like he took that guy's advice and uh, yeah he's with a pretty lady on a sailboat and then. Uh, the uh, the young lady ends up going down in the inside like the the boat cabin area and he's up there by the the uh, steering the boat or whatever and uh, and then uh, he ends up like hitting someone's like kind of like a like an autopilot thing for the boat and he uh, goes down into the cabin quarters with her suddenly you hear uh, sound of a chainsaw revving up followed by like her screaming and then uh then he emerges from the cabin later with a basket full of her body parts and a attached uh the severed body parts to these fishing hooks and he's gonna cast them out in the water and try to use her as bait and uh it kind of, it kind of, it, like it made me think for a minute. Like, wait a minute, did he actually kill all those people? And uh, so it, it was kind of like a twist at the end, because you know, right when when that happens, it kind of hits you, and you're like, oh shit, did was he really imagining all those killings, or did he actually do them? But then, uh, so like shortly after that. Uh, the, some of the last few shots of the movie, um, um, it's it's not really him killing her. It was a part of a movie that they're filming, and uh, the other crew is on another boat beside them filming everything. And uh, I think they're filming like this movie, Nightmare Concert. Is what I get from it so this whole movie has just been like this big ass meta slasher film and uh <laughs> kind of comes full circle that okay yeah like this is all just one big movie and he was filming it like uh, how do you word it like you know he just comes full circle and uh this whole thing has just been a movie that he's been filming you know, including with him acting in and everything. And so, uh, they're on this other boat filming and stuff like that. And then, uh, the lady comes up from, uh, the cabin quarters and is waving at the other crew. Fulci's waving at the other crew. And 
they kind of just sail off together happily and uh they just kind of sail off like they're just having a good old time so that was the end of cat in the brain <laughs> um some some of the other movies that were uh taken like clips of the scenes from these other movies that he had made some of them I haven't actually watched so I'd like to watch some of these sometime and just kind of see like if it was actually scene for scene that that they took from some of them from some of them so that that would be interesting to check out but uh I mean like I said I mean I'm kind of sound like a broken record but I thought it was decent as far as seeing Fulci act in a movie I thought that was interesting and I thought he did okay acting. I don't know where he thought that uh he didn't think that he, that he sounded that great so he had to hire another voice actor but uh yeah, I like the whole meta aspect to it. I thought it was really cool and uh some something different from Fulci. I mean, and that's always good, I think, is when you can see something different from what you're used to seeing him make even though I love seeing like his zombie movies and uh like the beyond and you know just uh some some of his originality is where it shined I thought uh tour you know newer filmmakers kind of want to make movies kind of like what he does and uh yeah no it's a cool it's a, it's it's something to check out um, especially if you're a Fulci fan and you haven't seen this one yet, uh, and let me know what you guys think. You know, is this am I giving it too much praise, or are you guys agreeing with me as far as like liking the meta aspect? Uh, just because we don't see it a whole lot coming from Fulci, so it's really cool. Um, so that's gonna be it for this episode. Hopefully, you guys like the content um you can find uh the rude horror podcast at rude or at rude horror podcast on instagram and um um we're on most of the uh podcast platform you know wherever you hear uh podcasts at we're pretty much there except for itunes or apple podcasts we're still trying to figure out what's what's going on with that but uh <clears throat> if you'd like to go to anchor.fm slash podcast that's our our main site where you can see where all that uh our podcast is available at there's also a section on there if you would like to donate um every little bit would help this channel and uh all the money that we earn from this podcast is going to go straight right back into the podcast in some shape or form. It 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 could be for maybe stickers down the line, t-shirts, um, spreading um, the podcast to other platforms that cost money, maybe. And uh, you know, with without uh, the fans and the listeners' help, you know, I don't think we would get too far with this but uh and it's all optional <clears throat> you don't have to but uh it would be greatly appreciated i think like the the lowest you could possibly pay is like a dollar 
you know, especially if you use the anchor way of donating money, I think you can donate like maybe a dollar a month, even a dollar a month would, would help. And, and, uh, maybe we'll do something where we'll give people shout outs and, uh, and, uh, I don't know. We'll try to think of something cool for, uh, for our listeners who have donated and stuff. But like I said, I mean, it's optional. You don't have to. But uh, it would be awesome if we could get some people donating to the podcast. And, you know, we could try to do bigger and better stuff. But uh, I'm going to get off here. And uh hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Email me at rudehorror at gmail.com for more um, topic discussions. And that's going to have to be it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, before this episode ends, I wanted to plug a couple of things. Um, the next episode is going to be on Psycho Scarecrow, and it's going to drop January 24th. Um, so this coming week, you'll have another podcast episode coming from me on the anniversary of Psycho Scarecrow. And, uh, sorry if you hear my daughter in the background. Um, uh... At Roz Talks, there's going to be another horror movie night on February 15th. And it's uh, Fulci Night, part two, or number two. Um, They're going to be playing Zombie Cat in the Brain that we just uh, covered on this episode. And then New York Ripper. And uh, so it's always a fun time at uh, Roz Talks in Rock Island, Illinois, where... Horror movie night is always free, so to show up, watch some movies, and uh, yeah, it's a good time. Uh, then also in March, they're going to be doing a Friday the 13th marathon, and uh, on March 13th, and I think they're doing uh, Friday the 13th part 6, 7, and 8, I believe. Uh, yeah, so look forward to that if you're in the Quad Cities, <laughs> Iowa, Illinois side. <laughs> and uh, check out Midwest Monster Fest at MidwestMonsterFest.com for the latest on uh, the new Midwest Horror Pop Culture Convention. And it's taking place at the Rust Belt and, uh, in Moline in Illinois and uh, two guest announcements already have been CJ Graham and Linnea Quigley and there's going to be a lot more guests announced and uh, vendors and uh, and whatnot. so it's still pretty early it, it, that's going to be in September so we still got a ways away but I always like to mention that because it's something for my local area and it's something pretty freaking cool so uh Check it out. Also, uh, check out the guys over at Funbox Monster Podcast. Matt and Tristan talk about all kinds of horror films. And uh, and uh, it's it's always a good time listening to those guys. They, they uh, put out a lot of good content, talk about movies. And, uh, yeah, they just did an episode on Hide and Go Shriek, and it was pretty funny. So uh, if you're into uh, a horror duo talk show type uh, 
type deal. Go check them out. They're on most of the podcast platforms. And I think that's about it, guys. Uh, just want to say thanks again for all the listens and uh, all the listeners from outside the United States. Just want to say a big thanks to all you guys, too. And uh, don't be afraid to message me if you guys want me to talk about, uh, uh, you know, not even just movies, but like uh, urban legends or, you know, stuff outside of the of horror movies that are in sort of like the horror, horror genre realm. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up. And, uh, yeah, just let me know... Uh, what you guys think about podcasts and uh what we can do to improve and you know just general feedback so uh but i'm gonna quit rambling here and uh hope you guys will enjoy psycho scarecrow uh, it's gonna be a doozy but <laughs> um if if you want to catch up and uh check out the movie before i do the episode uh there's a, a rip on youtube that you can watch psycho scarecrow but the it's a little bit different than from the version I have from the DVD version. So, but I mean, it's still got the the same premise. It's just some of the editing is a little different. But uh, yeah, if you want to get ahead and check out that movie next, that's uh, what the next uh, movie that we're gonna be covering. So, thanks everybody for listening, and I'm gonna sign off here. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Root Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare. <laughs> hey guys, just want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us ideas to talk about or just general feedback at rudehorror at gmail.com or direct message us at rudehorrorpodcast on Instagram. Thank you.